Yo, check this. <laughs> Yo, check this. You're listening to the inaugural episode of the Yo, Check This podcast. Brought to you by Pursuit of Dopeness. All right. On the mic, who do we got? We have Alex. And Debbie. And Victor. And we're all talking like this. That is the style of the show. So, listen, everybody. How are we going to discuss this <laughs> month's topics? Okay, no. All jokes aside. <laughs> I was like, wait, are we really talking No, about we're just that? trying it out. It just you know? happened. It just happened. No, we're just this, feeling this, out what this yeah. podcast is going to be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're still trying our, to figure our voice. out. Yeah, it. we're we're trying to find our voice. We're we are Lady Gaga in the beginning of uh, what's that movie she did with um, the white dude, Bradley Cooper? Oh, uh, uh, Some Star is Born. Star is Born. That we are we are Lady Gaga, beginning of Star is Born, trying to find our voice. We 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 know what we're doing, but we need some refinement. And that's what this episode is. So thank you for listening in. Like you heard moments ago, Alex, Debbie, Victor, uh, if you guys didn't skip over episode zero, uh, this is the team. This is POD. We're missing Jack. He's not part of the podcast. So if you ever go on our contact page, you will have seen another name in there. But this is the podcast. What will we talk about here? Anything we consider to be dope. Obviously, it's through our own lens. Obviously, we are trying to find other dope things to to talk about. And so our mission will continue to be pursuing dopeness, continuing to find what's good out there. And yeah, through through these podcasts, we will hopefully be tuning, um, turning some of y'all into some some dope shit. And that's the first curse of the podcast. So, first of many. First of many. Yeah. Oh, this will be a parental advisory podcast. I, I can't wait to release this on on CD at the Target with with the sticker. That's when you know you made it, though. That's how you know. You really do. Unlike also- unlike at Walmart when you you couldn't have the sticker because they they don't sell any explicit content. Wait. They don't. They don't. You guys didn't know this? No. no. God, did they bleep out everything? Wait. Yes. For yes, real? they bleeped it out. So just so you guys know, all right, one of my, my favorite things to ask everybody, this was my icebreaker. What was the first album you bought? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll like you guys to, to answer this in a moment. Um, if you guys look at any of the uh, South by Southwest interviews, and that I've had with like the cool kids and the aces, you will have seen me ask this question. Um, but this, the, the idea behind it came from the fact that when I was a kid uh, and I bought my first albums, so CD era, the first purchases that I made with my own money were Limp Bizkit, Significant Other, very much a sign of the times, and Weird Al Yankovic. Running with scissors. Okay. I had some range. I had some range. But the thing was, the way that I found out that they didn't sell any uh, ex- um, explicit content albums was that I bought the Limp Biscuit album assuming, 
I was finally going to get to hear all the curse words that I didn't get to hear on MTV. <laughs> and then I'm playing it and then just bleep, bleep. No, well, it wasn't bleeps. It was just like, it would just go mute. Oh, it would just go mute. And, and so these albums, I think they came out like 97, 98. So I was 10, 11 years old and I was supremely, supremely disappointed because I had thought that I'd gotten away with it. I was like, my mom didn't know. <laughs> my mom didn't know what I was walking out of the store with. You thought you were sneaky. I thought I was sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was at the Walmart over in uh, by Ford City because they didn't have them closer to, to Chicago at that point. So I'm over here like, you know what? We're going to come all the way over here. Got to make it work. Got to make it count. And nope. I got duped. I got duped by Wally Martinez. <laughs> I, I did not get. I did not get the CD that I thought I would. I was getting. But yeah, that that was uh, the beginning of a of, of a long, long history of me um, purchasing albums as my way of <clears throat> kind of uh, identifying myself as a music fan. So now. Uh, I just to give a little. Now, obviously, I've bought different albums, very different styles <laughs> since then. Uh, but yeah, just to give people a little bit of a of of a peek into what your young minds were like, and the, what are the artists that kind of set you on this path towards loving music. So I'd like to open it up to the floor. Um, whoever wants to go next, feel free to to, to speak up. Uh, but yeah, what was your the very first album that you bought with your own money? I'm like embarrassed to say now. <laughs> you can't, you, I have, like low I key, Limp I'm like, and Weird Al. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like that's on a trajectory though, where it's like, all right, like you have some very eclectic tastes. <laughs> Mine, true. And I don't know that I've ever told anyone this, to be honest. Oh, well, world premiere, that. guys. World it wasn't premiere. It, it, it wasn't you that heard bad, it here. Spill the tea. <laughs> Spill the tea. <laughs> so my first album that I purchased ever with my own nine-year-old money <laughs> was Aaron Carter's uh, Party album. Nice. Like, yeah. I think <laughs> wow. it was called Aaron's Party. Wow. <laughs> It was, yeah, that's what it is. Aaron's party, come get it, parentheses. Wow. Oh. Very explicit. <laughs> Very explicit. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely was... got the parental advisory version. <laughs> <laughs> My Somehow like, you, you got that one, not, <clears throat> not me, with the Limp Bizkit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But yes, that's what I remember. I was very stoked. Uh, I was, yeah. I was not only proud to buy that, like, I think that was maybe, like, one of the first purchases I ever made, like on my own. Too. Oh wow! Like that wow. was a decision <laughs> that I went with. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Alex, I one. I don't think I was too far from it. To be fair, it was <laughs> maybe two thousand and one. I was like, mm, it was when we had just moved to the U.S. And the very first album that I remember buying was Hillary Duff's Metamorphosis. Okay. I don't know. You know, it was during no. a time when it's in the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was during a time when I feel like Hillary Duff was on everything. I I think this was probably peak Lizzie McGuire, and <laughs> I had come to the U.S. and I see, you know, my cousins were really into this. I'm just like, wow, this music is so good. And I feel like that was my first foray into buying CDs and whatnot. And I very distinctly 
playing it on my little Walkman. Um, and subsequently, you know, I had albums from like Avril Lavigne and whatnot, but it's a very different trajectory from where I currently ended up with my music taste. Yeah, <laughs> I've come, exactly. a, come a long way, but you know, we grow. Well, I am in no way in that same direction of A.A. Ron Carter or uh, Lizzie McGuire, <laughs> but um, Mark McGuire. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I think the the earliest I can remember, I think it was at an F F Y E in River Oaks oh, wow. so for your ears for your Shout entertainment. Back. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, FYE. We uh I think I was with my parents and I had just seen Eight Mile. And at that time, like prior to that, I had not been introduced to like like I listen to music, obviously, you know, at the, whatever you listen to as a kid, but I never actually sought out music. And that was the first time I was like, Who is this guy? And like watching this rap battle, I'm like, this this is pretty good. And then I'm like, hey, mom, dad, can I get the 8-mile soundtrack? And they're like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. And, you know, then I got duped because how you can listen to Eminem and not hear any curse words. Um, so that was a, a nice little shock. But that kind of opened the door for people like, you know, Rakim. Um, damn, who else is on that album? That's such an old album. It's like 2002 type shit. I can't remember who else is on it, but the point is, prior to that point in my life, if I want, if I wanted to search who the rapper Eminem was as a kid, I would literally search since I didn't know how to spell his name. I did. I searched it M N M. I was like, oh yeah, they named the guy a rapper. They named the candy. What? I love and, the the like young in knowledge, like yeah. the logic there. The logic yeah, I was like, I, I know how to spell this name. Like the fuck. And then I heard the album, and it was it was it was good. I was like, okay. And then that that kind of opened the doors to to rap, and then just went from there. Awesome. Okay. That's cool. I mean, I I, I do I, I do think that uh, while obviously like whatever it is that you make as like your first purchase i think everybody has or like the majority of people has like that embarrassing type of purchase because um you know we as kids i'm, I'm sure like right now there's a bunch of kids that like, when they grow up they're gonna be like oh yeah i, I uh I was one of those kids that bought the Jojo Siwa album and, <laughs> and 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 now and they're going to be listening to their version of whoever like the cool uh cool artists of the genre may be so like if they listen to a future version of or like future generations version of uh of your Kendrick Lamars and mm. or your Kanye's uh, a lot of origin stories for people that buy albums is gonna be uh, th those type of artists, and so uh, shout out to you, Vic. I think if we had to rank uh, the coolest, <laughs> yeah. coolest purchase, that definitely goes to you. Um, I mean, my, that it was a good album. Like yeah, I had, no, like there was maybe like one or two songs I was like, "What is this shit?" No, but like for the most part, walking around the East Side with the Walkman with that plane, it's like can't go wrong. Well, I like the fact that you also said. So, in case anybody was wondering, we are not young young folk that are speaking into these mics. But I do appreciate that you're saying, like, "Oh yeah, when I wanted to uh, to figure out who this rapper guy guy was, I, I can I would search this way." I'm like, "Search, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to go to the C CD bins mm. and then go alphabetical order and. I would spend 
it felt oh, like yeah. it was hours, but you know, likely it was just I don't know, twenty, thirty minutes. Um, whenever we'd go to the store, so whether it was Target or, or Walmart, um, I was like, okay, see you guys later. I'm gonna just go over to <laughs> to the electronics section. Let me know when I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, no, and honestly, like, I would go over there and just like killing time. All I would do was just go through the different and you you remember how like they used to package the cds with like the mm-hmm. big plastic thing so it would stick out oh um, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and and i would legit just go like all right i'm, I'm gonna just go check out what are the artists in the a's mm-hmm. and i would just flip flip through the different cds and and there were artists that um i would i, I would definitely think like wow oh, someday someday i'm gonna listen to these guys Never did because it wasn't like the internet was a thing in the mid to late nineties, um, and yeah, no, just like hearing you say like, "Oh yeah, I would search for him." Like, nope, nope. My, <laughs> I wonder though. I wonder if it's like a nostalgia thing now for people who are our age to go through like vinyl, for example, because that's how we used to look for Absolutely. CDs. I think you know. So. I think that's what it is. When you said that, I was like, oh, like. I totally did that. Like at Walmart, I would just like flip through yeah. all the, you know, start with the A's and that's where Aaron's <laughs> oh, at. Yeah. So then go down the list. You <laughs> Lucky <know>? for you. <laughs> like that was a quick find. But yeah, just going down, killing time. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, that, was a, that was the best. I, I do remember like back to like the FYE thing. Like you remember if FYE, they had the headset the and then you would scan the yeah. preview yeah. and you get yes. that preview of what, what each song is. And like oh, yeah. that that is what I remember. Like after being open to who Eminem was and like what happened there, I'm like, I guess we're going to the mall. I'm going to go to FYE, scan a CD and just listen. Scan a CD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That was, that was, <laughs> like bringing back beautiful. really great memories. <laughs> The smell of the smell of pretzels from the from across the across the hallway at River Oaks. Oh yeah, Auntie Annie's. Auntie, yep. That, that was that was a jam. They are not a sponsor, but we appreciate you, Aunt. The official mall food, basically. Pretzels and lemonade. Oh yeah, yeah. Get a little bit of Orange Julius action. Ooh. That, chef's kiss. Now, now that that was. Some chef's kiss on on a Saturday or a Sunday. Okay, that takes me back. Anywho, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm really glad that we uh, finally got uh, Alex to, like, if you guys uh, follow her on on social, like, she definitely, now I can say that she's just pretending to be cool. She really just (laughs) wants to go to Aaron's party. That's, oh that's, no! That's just the reality of it. <laughs> Exposed on the first episode. Exposed. I know. <laughs> hey, this is not a podcast. This is just an expose that I'm going to be writing <laughs> on oh POG just to knock everybody down. Like, no, you think they're cool? They don't do marketing. They listen to Aaron <laughs> Carter. They listen to Aaron's <laughs> party. Come yeah. get it. Oh, God. I had to look it up. I was like, I know it was Aaron... I thought it was a self-titled album, but then I was like, "Oh no, it's it's, it's like, his oh, party." You, you, you have, that you like, have an agenda. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Did he have any albums after that, or was that like it? He, I think he, so. He had a few. Okay. Okay. <laughs> how, how many more Aaron Carter CDs did you get? I got one more. <laughs> okay. See, I, I did. Okay, this is a good follow-up. This is a good follow-up. Okay. <clears throat> Just to see how 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 deep your fandom went. 
So you got one more Aaron Carter CD. You said you got it around nine. So the first, I remember, <laughs> the first one was 2000. And then the following was 2001. So that lasted okay. a year. <laughs> okay. And then Not after bad. that, and after that, my progression of music drastically changed. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. And so what was, what was now that you're saying that, what was the album or what was the artist that made you break away? Or, or like, I guess that early sign of what it is that you like now? So, the, yeah, that's actually a good one. Uh, so it was actually Linkin Park was, was the Classic. first one that really did it, you know? And I, I got it from my cousin. I remember distinctly sitting in a Denny's. <laughs> And she passed me like, yeah, like similar to how we all said it, like she was, she would always walk around with like a Walkman and the, you know, the headphones and everything. And I was like, who are you listening to? You know, she's like, oh, it's this band Linkin Park. You'd love it. Fell in love with them. And then from there, it all just, it stayed within the genre. You know, it's, it's there. Okay. So they were like the, the birth of the genre. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Debbie? What about you? Did you continue on this path of uh, Hillary Duff? I know you mentioned Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I did. Your- it's interesting because, like, honestly, between that Hillary Duff album, I can't really remember what other CDs I bought after that. But I will say it probably wasn't really until, like, high school that I feel like the trajectory mm-hmm. of my music taste really mm-hmm. changed to where it is now. Like, it's actually around that time where I can see what I'm listening to now, sort of like where it morphed to. But prior to that, I honestly can't remember much between Hilary Duff and then whatever was in between that. <laughs> but the album that actually changed everything and sort of set me on this trajectory to eventually getting into indie rock and then sort of spreading everything on from there is this band called The Decemberists. And they're out from, they're out from Oregon. That mm-hmm. that's that that is not uh the an album that I or or a group that I would think a young teenage kid would get into and, mm-hmm. and, and to make that like set you on a path of like mm, kudos to you. That's actually very you went true. from zero to cool real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I found out about this band though, and it's actually such a funny story. I remember we used to go to these like korean hair salon where like they really don't speak any english but they are good at cutting our asian hair so we would go and so whenever you go to these hair salons there's just like all these like fashion magazines that are sort of sitting out right and so you kind of go through them to like point at a photo so your hairstylist mm-hmm. knows how to cut your hair like this is the style that i want okay so then i was in it reading a story from kirsten dunce remember her from spider-man and all of that <laughs> and Oof. it was an interview yep with Kirsten Dunst, and she was talking about her favorite band. She's just like, yes, there is this band called the Decemberists, the lead singer, Colin Melloy, blah, 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 all of these things. So afterwards, I went home, I listened to it, and I remember very distinctly seeing the album cover, and it's actually designed... So the Decemberists, if you guys don't know, all of the album art and the album design is actually done by the lead singer's wife. Her name is Carson Ellis, and she's this really incredible illustrator who... So it's very interesting in the sense that like when I discovered that particular band, not only did it really shape my, change my music trajectory, but it also kind of artistically shifted where 
a lot of my influences is coming from. Because up until then, a lot of it was really, you know, like Japanese manga, anime, and things like that. And it really wasn't until like that point that it really like also changed my perspective on like the artistic influences I was drawing from. And so I owe a lot to this band actually. Oh, that wow! <laughs> eventually yeah. went down this path. That's really cool. Shout, Shout out to Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. Shout out to Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what it is. And shout out to Spider Man for making it happen. <laughs> So, <laughs> Spider-Man is you really your life. <laughs> you, yeah. you owe your life to, to you owe your um, life to date to to Spider-Man. To, to what's his face? What was the uncle's name? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. Yeah, uncle Ben. You, you you owe your life to Uncle Ben. Dying. Uncle Ben also That's, saved me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay, uh, Vic. What about you? What was what was your what was your path? I mean, you I already, again, we, we, we've established that you started on a pretty, pretty good Off to path a good start, home. really, right. honestly. But then I took a 180, because, like, oh, oh, at that oh. time, like, at the time, it was really just that <laughs> album on repeat. He bought, he bought Aaron Carter's second album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I bought his third album. No. He bought um, his third album. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my, my musical taste didn't really start to develop until high school. Um, when I, I had managed to get my hands on an, one of those MP3 CD players where you could just load mm-hmm. a shit ton of songs onto a CD. Oh, yeah. And on that CD, like it, it went from, you went from your M&Ms and whatever, whatever, whoever else was big during that time. And it took 180 and I went to like Hawthorne Heights, Lincoln Ooh. Park. Yeah. I went in that direction. I, I really started to explore that, like that teenage angst that I had mm-hmm. in myself. Um, and then that just completely changed it later, later. But like, definitely, I remember Hawthorne Heights very specifically because I remember hearing them at an auto show. Uh, I, I can't remember if they performed or if it was just music on in the background. But like, it was just like, I was like, it was just the weirdest thing to hear at an auto show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's a, it's a very uh, moody auto show. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So I, I, I can't remember if it was like an exhibit specifically who was just playing Hawthorne Heights for whatever reason. Right. But I, I do remember that. And just like, just like the, the guitar and like, I really got into guitars and drums then at that point. I'm like, Oh wow, this is, this is so different from M&M. It's just a huge difference. You're like, what is this? Yeah. And, and, and that like, I think that really opened the doors for me to like, let's just see what else is out there. Cause while, alternative music and you know punk rock and all that stuff is really still like i it's still near and dear to me like i don't listen to it as often but it it definitely came from that that point in my life and it's like you just can't you just can't let go like come on how you gonna let go of lincoln park yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly it was like you go back to it you know every now and then and it's just like comfort Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like you know comfort food for music comfort music Mm -hmm. comfort for your Mm -hmm. ears yeah all righty um well for me so i'm i'm a couple of years older than you guys uh so where my path um changed so like the thing with me is that i think these albums came out um let me see but so yeah for me these albums came out i want to say like 96 or something like 98 uh 99 yeah so oh yeah so of course yeah it was 99 so i was uh in 99 i was uh i want to say like sixth seventh grade i was a big um 
I was a big MTV guy. So mm-hmm. I was definitely swayed by whatever was huge on MTV. Uh, we, we weren't paying, just so you guys know, I, we were not paying for MTV. <laughs> we had one of those cheater boxes <laughs> from back in the day. I, th- I think if the FCC is listening, I hope that we are way past the statute of limitations. I was like, listen, uh, if they're listening, we've made it. Not telling, yeah. Uh, and if, yeah, and FCC, if you're listening, uh, we only had it for a week. So if I'm going to be fine, just find me for a week. Anywho, uh, uh, is there an audible wink? All right. Podcast? <laughs> yeah, I winked right right now. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh so so yeah, um yeah, I was I was raised by MTV and so um it, it you know those two purchases were a culmination of me in my you know 13-year-old brain just um no, 12-year-old in 99. I was 12 years old. And just, you know, prior to that, I was super into like whatever was huge on there and so uh that era um, and, and a couple years before that, it was your, like, Aerosmith, um, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, mixed in with some corn, Freak on a Leash, mixed in with oh, yeah. some uh, Eminem, um, My Name Is, all mm. that, whatever was huge. And, and of course, also Linkin Park, uh, Hybrid Theory cool. is their debut. Yeah. That was, one. I think, one of the first... Um, first purchases as well. I think it was within the next three, I want to say within the next three, um, CD, um, mm-hmm. CDs that I bought. Um, and yeah, it kind of just kept going in that direction of like, well, whatever is huge on, on MTV, I'm, I'm digging it. And it was also my, I, I was going a little bit harder on that new metal because my sister was going like deeper into the, Britney Spears and the Christina Aguilera's and I had already spent the mid to late nineties all about Backstreet Boys and then in sync I was I was watching TRL like really rooting for like these these uh rap and, and, and new metal groups. Um so I I I I loved me some juvenile when that, that came Ooh. out also ninety nine. it's really sounding like ninety nine was my year when I was really just listening to everything um and yeah like i i bought i don't know if you guys um went in this path but i got a subscription to uh bm i want to say it was bmg okay so mm, back yeah. then is that a magazine uh, so no so basically it was a cd subscription you oh, oh, wow. you bought um i think uh for I think it was like ten bucks. So like for ten bucks or fifteen bucks, whatever it was, um, you would get, you would buy. It was like the price of a CD, and then they would give you like nine more to start. And then after that, um, like if you have, um, they, 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 I think they're like innovating on that whole like subscription model that we all know right now. But back then, their whole thing was. You had your your list of albums queued up for like whatever you wanted next, and then each month they would continue charging you, but they would send you a new CD from your list. And so, uh, in in those earlier years, um, I remember my first purchases were 
Um, I had a uh, hybrid theory. I had uh, Led Zeppelin uh, greatest hits. So early days and latter days. I had system of a down toxicity. Um, what else did I get? Uh, I'm blanking, but like those, those were the types of albums that I was getting into. Um, I was a huge, huge Kiss fan, so I got a couple Kiss CDs as well. Um, and I was getting into more of that classic rock. Real, I, so I'd gotten a guitar as my gift when <laughs> I, I graduated from eighth grade. So that was the the next year. So like two thousand. Um, and yeah, I, again, I was whatever was was big, and then. Um, for anybody that knows me or that has read a single thing on the topic over on, on POD, the album that changed everything for me was, is this it? Mm. So my freshman year in high school, uh, this album came out, um, 2001. Um, and now it's 20 years since that happened. Uh, which is so weird to to <laughs> look back and, and and think about that, but yeah, when I was listening to again whatever it was on MTV and, and and MTV actually showed the video for last night, and I I legit thought, wow, the, these guys are awesome. The, this sounds super old. So and and, and the video the um, the footage for that video also looked very old and so i thought okay this is mtv doing like running some special uh of like what artists that they were showing back in the 80s it has to be old <laughs> and i thought like wow now, now that's that's an artist that i need to start exploring as they you know like as i look into their whole discography and here i was soon learning that they they were barely coming out with an album mm. Mm-hmm. And and it was the, the coolest thing because that one so I, I I I'm one to romanticize everything. And so all I thought was like this is gonna be my group. This is gonna be my group that I'm going <laughs> to like listen to and just like all the older generations talk about your Pink Floyds and your Led Zeppelins and your Kiss and whoever, I was I was saying, I think this is this album even though I had a very undeveloped ear for what was considered good, uh, me listening to Is This It was like, I may not know a lot, but I know that this is good. I know <laughs> that this is excellent music. And little did I know, I'm still obsessed mm-hmm. 20 years later. You don't say. Um, yeah. And, 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 we'll, <laughs> and I think this is a, a good time to also talk about um you know this is a good background in into who we were uh growing up but now that we're uh in in the first month of of a new year in 2021 uh right now would be a good time to talk about what are the albums or if there's just one that really stood out for you guys uh from the last year well I was like, as we fast forward 20 years later, later yeah, yeah. as we fast <laughs> forward 20 years later. 2001 to 2021. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I, yeah, I like this that. This is a good like, way to think of it, you know? Yeah. Like, who were you 20 years ago and what yeah. are you now? Yeah, and then the highlight of 2020. You know, I think the best album 
that really stood out to me in 2020. I feel like 2020 had a lot of good albums, honestly. And I feel like because of the pandemic, I had so much time to just dive into each album and listen to it obsessively, obsessively for months on end until I get tired of it. But really the album that really, really stood out to me didn't even come to me until like midway through 2020. And it's this album by a UK group called Salt. And the title mm. of the album is mm-hmm. untitled, parenthesis, Black Is. And it is such an incredible album. I feel like it just, I think genre-wise, it definitely like crosses. They have like so much different sort of element. It's like very funky. It's rock. I don't know. The whole entire album is just solid beginning to end. And that was like mm-hmm. really my top album. I didn't start listening to it until July. And somehow it made it all the way to my number one, number one list. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely number one for me. One of my favorite albums of 2020. Yeah. One of my favorite albums of 2020. Thanks to you, actually. Oh, thank you. Yep. Well, if I had to, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone in this podcast because like we haven't talked about it before. But, but, let me, let me lay it down. Disclosure, <laughs> like just just that album. It just was it uh, energy. It just really it, it surprised me because I did not know at all who Disclosure was prior to this, and and my musical taste did start to change from you know the the punk rock alternative stuff, and I started to really go into like your more clubby, dancey type songs. And it's mostly because I just really need that high energy while I'm working. Like I, I can't just listen to. I can listen to classical, sure, but sometimes when the mood strikes you, you need that energy. You need to just crank through a report. And and this album that Disclosure released, like, I heard snippets of it listening to BBC Radio 1, and I was interested. Like, this is really good. And I downloaded the first four songs, you know, that were available. And once the whole thing came out, front to back, not disappointed. Like, it, it it's got a song for any type of mood. And when you're stuck at home... You know, doing absolutely nothing, and you have this an album like this that's that's just diverse enough to give you that that kind of escape and give you that kind of energy and make you feel some type of way. Like they just really fucking did amazing, and and you have that segued me into just let me listen to their DJ sets, let me see what else they've done on BBC Radio One. They had a residency there, listening to just old listening to their old songs. Apparently, I had listened to some of their old songs before, just didn't know it. Um, mm-hmm. Was it that that one song with Sam Smith, Latch? Yeah, like that. Like I had heard that. No Didn't idea. Know. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> so you you literally only fully got into Disclosure in twenty twenty. Yes, energy through that album. Wow. And it's like I tried going back to like let me listen to to, to Caracol and like the other one before that, and it's just like there are good songs on it. Don't get me wrong. Like there's there's like a handful of songs on like this is a, but like energy. Front to back, no disappointment. Like honestly, I could not get enough of that. I was very surprised to see that that was, you know, one of the top albums considering the point at which it came out in in in, in twenty twenty. And for the longest, at least three years, Bonobo's migration album had been up there number one, three years running. That's all I would listen to. And Disclosure said no. <laughs> We're going to take over that number one spot. And they, I think they've got the most, in, in my, if I remember correctly from my replay, they've got the most hours played. And it's specifically just that album. It's insane. Like, did it flip <laughs> your genre mix? 
Do you think no, this I was mean, a year that it flipped it? No, I, I've always been into like, because a game, like video gaming is a huge part of my life and, and Forza, the Forza driving series, like their, their soundtracks are just amazing. And they really opened me up to like a lot of like UK DJs and like what they can do. And how they take the genre and how they can, you know, electronic music is also just really big for me. So, like, you you take these DJs, what can they do? What's the sound compared to, you know, what you have? Your, your was, Is Diplo from America? You know, you got you got those kinds of DJs, your Diplos and all those guys. And then you got the UK guys. You got your J to G, Black Coffee. Like you got those guys. And it's like, it's, it's just a different sound. And I will say that it did open me up to, like, let me try other UK d- DJs if... If the Disclosure Brothers can do that, what else is there? Okay. Nice. I also really like that album. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I I debated whether it made my my top albums of the year list. It was Ooh. coming really close, but Ooh. it was a really good album. I, I think songs-wise, it had a couple where... If I had to pick like a top twenty, there would be at least one or two mm-hmm. in there. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It just can't be helped. Like it just you occasionally you just find like this this one little gem that just sticks with you, and you're just like, I cannot stop listening to this. Why? <laughs> Why? It's a blessing <laughs> and a curse all at the same time. It's, it's like I want to listen literally. to new music, but I can't. I keep circling back to energy. Yeah. Those are the best. Those are the best. Yeah. You you just have to keep consuming it until it just like, even then you don't really get tired of Mm -mm. it. I haven't listened to it in like a month, but I guarantee you I'll probably listen to it tomorrow. (laughs) You jump back into it. Oh, yeah. Go Mm -hmm. go back down the rabbit hole of disclosure. And there we go. That's how it all started. That's how it starts. Yeah. No, mine was very, I was like, for those of you who are new to this uh group here i'm a very uh local focused person <laughs> i love local music local bands i will support you saying local or local like crazy like crazy <laughs> yes <laughs> so my favorite album of last year was actually a three-piece chicago band called dead d-e-h-d nice. um yeah, and they came out with, um, they were supposed to come out with their latest album. I believe it was their third album, if I'm not mistaken. Either second or the third, like in early spring, and they pushed it back to July, which I'm happy they pushed back and it ended up coming out. But yeah, uh, they're just so much energy, so much fun. Uh, the album is called Flower of Devotion. And yeah, they it was like... You know, all the songs were just on complete repeat, you know, similar to how we've already said, <laughs> like, it's just like, you can't listen to it enough. You know, it doesn't get old. It doesn't get repetitive. It's just, it just flows, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not a long album either. You know, you can listen to it front to back, like pretty, like, you know, I think it's like 45 minutes, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just one of those where it popped up. Every day, oh, yeah. <laughs> just just somehow, you know, like you, you try listening to something else, and you know, you just kind of keep going back to it. It's a great album. Yeah, it was great a lot album. of fun, Definitely and they were supposed favorites. to be, and um, like I think they did a Pitchfork show, 
mm-hmm. like right before, um, yep. like a pre-show, like right before the city shut down. And I was able to go to that show, oh, wow. like super oh, nice. last minute. And they played, and it was the first time I heard them like live. Like I heard maybe like a song or two before going and then seeing them live. I was like, yes, this band is it. <laughs> nice. I'd, I'd like to go back to that topic and that'll be our next thing. Um, but yeah, just kind of wrap it up on the, um, the albums part, just so I get mine out. And I'd like to, the next thing we'll, we'll talk about would be last show that we saw before, Ooh. before COVID. I figured that was coming. Uh, so I'm already starting to think, I'm like, what was it? Yeah. So started thinking <laughs> about it. Um, so for me, um, Obviously, again, nothing has changed in 20 years. <laughs> um, so uh, I know we're like talking about like music that got us into um, that, that, you know, set us on these different paths. I was talking about, you know, Linkin Park was definitely a, a favorite of mine. I don't listen to them much anymore at all unless like somebody else is playing them. Um, and, I, and I do love them and, and, you know, I, I I occasionally still put on 101, uh, the 101.1 station over here doing mm. KQX. Nice. Um, and they do tend to pop up every now and then. So, like, I you know, whenever that does come up, I, I, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, but out of, like, solidarity with a, a friend of mine who would always want to, like, change the station whenever that would pop up, it just kind of, like, triggered me to also do it. So I don't listen to it that much anymore to Linkin Park. But one one artist that no matter when it's playing, uh, I always find my way back to them. And of course, you know, when I I heard that they were making their global comeback in 2020, The Strokes, they released their first album in, I want to say, I think it was like five or so years, seven years, something like that. Um, The New Abnormal. It was a breath of fresh air as far as um, my idea of, uh, of what the band was going to be like moving forward. Uh, like I said, is this it is my album. It is literally the reason why I do everything for POD. That feeling is what I'm chasing all the time. That That is my, I don't know what you would want to call it, but... Um, that that's the thing that, that that album is 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 everything to me um and you know when when i heard the the new abnormal it was one of those where like this doesn't sound like the same band it doesn't sound like the same same group that would be making uh any of its previous uh records would um you know, you could see sometimes like uh, the, that that transition towards different sounds, um, but with this one, it was one of those where okay, that's not what you expect from the Strokes, but it even if each song just from one you know one song to the next, they didn't even sound that much alike. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it it was definitely an album where like I just listened to it and thought, this is exactly what I needed. Like I needed them to surprise me. I needed them to to give me something new to obsess over, and sure enough, I did. I looked at uh, I, you know, in in the prior calls to to us finally recording our first episode, 
uh, when we do some of our, our um, practice recordings. Uh, one of them was uh, talking about those, uh, the tw- you know, Spotify wrapped and for Apple is the Apple replay. And of course, it was no surprise to me that that the new abnormal was my top streamed <laughs> album. But it, it what was surprising was was um, the fact that it it accounted for I don't know uh, I want to say uh, a, a ridiculous um, like probably fifty percent of my time of wow. like actually listening to something. Like I it said like, Oh yeah. And, and I, and I saw some people like, um, do uh, like, vi- like tweets that went viral, uh, about how like Spotify told them like, Oh, you are a this, you are a that you are into discovering X, Y, Z and you're explorer, blah, blah, blah. And you, you streamed X many thousands of artists. The same thing with me. I, I, it's like my, it was an impressive number of artists that I streamed and that I listened to in 2020. But when it came down to like what I actually listened to the most, it, this one was just, it, it was way too many hours, way too many hours that I feel comfortable uh, <laughs> being able to share. And that's why I'm not even pulling it up. But it was one of those things where um, it, it, it's exactly what I was looking for in an album, uh, especially uh, when alternative music can be pretty stale and very pop. Um, these days, uh, this album was was just excellent. So if I can just like talk about like the the like the adults are talking from the falsetto to the dueling guitars, excellent. That's everything I wanted uh, from the like the 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 crooning on Ode to the Mets, the the album closer. Again, showing off all the great things that each one of these band members um, bring to the table, you listen to them. Like, oh, you got to hear it on this album. And so, yeah, that that was something that was just a, a great, great um, album to receive uh, in a year where everything else as far as like not music wise mu- music wise like albums there was a, a, a lot, lot of amazing albums mm-hmm. um we were fortunate in that sense uh, the rest of 2020 was pretty whack um but yeah this this album was definitely something that um arrived and and, and swept me the way that i wanted it to and and i'm not gonna lie like fetch the bowl cutters from from fiona apple was my number two most streamed so in case anybody wanted to see what else i liked <laughs> so that it's not just a, a strokes fanboy uh podcast um my next one was uh fiona apple that that album it received a, a perfect score from pitchfork for the first time and first artist to receive one in i don't know how many years probably like oh. a decade uh and it was one of those where okay again i i'm no expert I'm no expert when it comes to like um, music criticism, I guess would be the term. Um, I'm not a critic in that sense. I I definitely do make my assessments or whatever. And so when I listen to the album, I'm like, okay, I I saw a lot of positive reviews and I get it. I definitely get why why there's so much like critical... um, uh, criminal, there's a there's a critical success to this album. So yeah, 
So if, if I had to pick out one, obviously the strokes. And if you're tired of me talking about the strokes, then I'm going to bring <laughs> out, bring up Fiona Apple. Uh, but yeah, so that, that, that was our, um, uh, albums that stood out in 2020. Again, one of the biggest things that we missed out on in 2020 was, uh, live performances. And so, uh, everybody here is a big, big fan of, uh, going to live shows. Actually, the way that I met Alex was through going to, you know, going out with Debbie to, to see some live shows. We're not really going to talk about one of those albums, uh, one of those artists, um, that mm-hmm. we went out to to go see because uh um you know they got in trouble doing some some pretty heinous things so oh. um but what we can say <laughs> is that it, it it did lead us to 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 this place where we could be uh good friends and talk about music but again yeah. we didn't get to really enjoy the live music element alex you were talking about um, mm-hmm. being able to go see dead was that the, the i think that was like a pitchfork um it, anniversary it, show right it was yeah so it was a they're like ahead of the year like pre it wasn't even a pre-show it was yeah it was a, their anniversary show so it was them it was uh the band ohm mm-hmm. um which are an amazing duo like their vocals are just insane oh, yeah. like it, it blows my mind every single time uh, and then, oh my gosh, the name Spencer. Spencer Tweedy. Spencer Tweedy. Thank oh, you. Oh wow. He opened. Yeah, he opened, and I actually saw his dad. Did you see Jeff Tweedy? Yes, Jeff Tweedy like rolled up, and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, is that him? Is that really him? Like he showed up with his wife, and I was like, oh my gosh. So I guess it like the last show was a high note. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. yeah, the um. So it was those three, and it was at the Chicago Athletic Association Hotel mm-hmm. downtown, and you know everything was decked out with the very classic like pitchfork flags, and it was just a really good time. You know, it was like a Tuesday show, which are my favorites, <laughs> and you know, like had to wake up super early the next day for work, and yeah, it's just like the life I lived back yeah. <laughs> before everything shut down. You know? Oh yeah. I really wanted to go to that one. I I don't know why I spaced. I remember writing the um, the post to to promote it, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've been fortunate to to be able to cover a lot of those. Um, I've been yeah covering the Pitchfork Fest since 2013. Um, so mm-hmm. I would have loved to have gone to this one. And again, now like hindsight, 2020, it's one of those like. <laughs> I, I should have just I, I should I should if, if I would have known that I was gonna miss out on on all these shows I I would have just gone out of my way to 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 have been mm-hmm. there yeah but yeah okay what about um Debbie Vic do you guys remember what was the last last yeah. concert last show you went to I had to dig back into my photos and I'm just like, because <laughs> literally 2020 feels like so long ago. I'm just like, man, what was the last mm-hmm. show I went to see? And so the very last show I went to see pre-pandemic, this was in Brooklyn when I was still living there, was actually a friend of mine whose boyfriend works at this brewery in Bushwick called Interboro Brewery for people who are into 
craft beer cultures and whatnot. So essentially, they try to they started to try to do this like concert series, right? Where they have a whole brewery space. They're trying to find people to come in and perform. And so I was invited to go to the show. And maybe you guys know him, but it was a DJ set with Pete Rock, which I think mm-hmm. he is supposed to be a really prolific. Um, producer, which I had no idea at the time, but it was a really dope show. It was like super packed brewery. There's people in there. They're all spinning vinyls and whatnot. And yeah, it was just like a really chill. It was a really cool set. Um, that's really the one thing I miss so much about <laughs> about pre-pandemic is just being in a packed room of people dancing. I don't even really mind anymore mm-hmm. that everybody is sweaty as hell. But I really just do miss that so much. <laughs> yeah. I miss yeah. that a lot. Damn. I do miss that. But that was the last show I saw. And then I was supposed to go see Doja Cat. But, mm. you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, <laughs> no one is performing anymore. So. <laughs> well, shit. <clears throat> um... I think for me, the last, I, and I can't remember which one came first, but they're both in the same genre of electronic. Um, it was either Bonobo or it was the Glitch Mob, but neither one were for any particular album. It was more just like, we're going on tour. What's up? Um, but I think the the one that I remember the most was definitely the Bonobo one. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Bonobo is, uh, his influences are like really worldly. So you got some Asian, some Indian, some south american and then he he also does some jazz like he just mixes the genres and creates his own music it's very chill um and then certain songs are you know got that extra energy that extra kick but uh we found out he was coming to chicago something that hadn't happened in a while and i went with uh three friends and we prior to that we're like let's let's just get some edibles let's make this let's make this like a really vibey really chill relaxed way to see this concert man was i glad we did that the we got there it was outdoors to help set the stage we were outdoors giant speakers right by the lake so you so it was just like the perfect scene music starts playing and right in the middle of it all like the entire crowd is just that vibe like just like the energy of everyone shit moving left to right listening to to bonobo perform hearing each one of the songs from that album you know Kerala is one of the most uh, um, notable ones from that album, just high energy. And then you take it back a little bit and you got a bunch of other songs. But the point I'm trying to make is I miss like that feeling of everybody was there to listen to him. Everybody was moving to the same beat. Everyone, the same energy, the same wave just came over me. I miss that feeling. Just being there with people that I don't even fucking know. I don't talk to them. Nobody has talked to anybody, but just everyone is just there feeling it. And, and honestly, like compared to any other concert that, I, that I've been to and I haven't been to many, just to preface that, um, it just really just resonated with me. And it's one that I'm just never going to forget. And I really hope I get to see him live again because damn. Mm-hmm. Man. And did you say what month it was? Sorry if I... No, I don't remember what month it was. I just remember uh, it was still like late summer. So I want to say like October-ish, September-ish. Oh, 2019 then. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I had, in 2020, I didn't. I think prior to everything happening, I don't think I had anything up. And the Glitch Mob one may have been in the winter, but I don't know if it was 2019 or 2018. 
Uh, shows. So for me, obviously, um, <laughs> the majority of the photography that you see on our Instagram and on our pages is, is handled by me. If, if not, it would be Jack. And so I, I did go in to, to see what were, what was the last <laughs> show. The photos help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need, a, and, we need and, the archive there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, you know, f- uh, February was a pretty nicely stacked one. I wasn't going to that that many shows because, you know, you know the, the beginning of the year can be kind of slow. But now looking back, like I'm glad that I got to experience those. Uh, I saw King Princess. Oh wow, nice! She was really dope over at the at the Riv. She was really good. Um, and I got to cover Post Malone at oh. the Allstate. That's a congratulations. Big one. Uh, yeah, that was that was Posty. definitely that was the, yeah. Posty was definitely the biggest artist that I covered in 2020. Um, and I got to see Sango. Uh, Dude, I over at the saw Bottom him. Lounge. Oh, yeah. Back in that February. Super, super dope, vibey show. Um, got to um, interview one of his uh, collaborators, uh, Waldo. So if you want to go give mm. that some views over uh, on our YouTube page, uh, that's Pursuit of Dopeness on YouTube. Um, now it's yeah, that was the last last interview that I got to conduct at a show show. Um there's some more interviews if you guys want to go mm-hmm. go to our YouTube. But the very last show actually uh and just to give you guys a nice little peek into our background as far as ethnicity goes. Not that I want to focus too much on that, but last show was actually Aventura oh. at the United Center. That is interesting. I was like, wow. I was like, a bachata group. Yeah. yeah. See, and I wanted was to the last guys, live. Yeah, I wanted to like not boast about like the other other artists. Um, but it, just to give you guys a nice little range of, of what our our February was like, at least for me. So from Sango from King Princess to Posty to Sango and then Finally, uh, Aventura, nice little bachata group, the biggest mm-hmm. ever. Um, shout out to, to the homie, uh, Romeo Santos. He's not actual homie, he doesn't know he exists, but I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we, Oscar had a coffee with him a few knows. days ago, NBD. It's fine. Once he hears this, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I fuck with Pursuit of Dopeness. <laughs> we got to speak into existence. That's what I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> you, you guys will definitely hear in future podcasts me referring to certain people as the homies. Uh, they're, you know, because we've been around for, for nine years, um, some. Some local artists are the homies, mm-hmm. but there's plenty more that aren't. And um, yeah, I'm just going to talk about them as if they were, because that's just me trying to speak into existence. So <laughs> yeah, got to got to cast Romeo Santos doing his thing over at the UC. It was obviously packed. It was filled with a bunch of ladies that were just screaming <laughs> their their lungs out, and I think. I think maybe they were all trying to like, because uh, so Romeo Santos is uh, I don't know if he because you know we the the press pass that we got um, was just to shoot uh, three songs, first three songs from the set, and if you didn't have a, uh, a ticket, you wouldn't get to stay. 
But so I don't know if if he did it this night. But one of the things that he's known to do at at other shows is that he gets some girl from the audience, and they go on stage, and he does his thing. He like dances on them, and at some point they make out. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm sure, or like a kiss or whatever, you know. I'm not going to speak on, on him. I haven't <laughs> fully seen I, I remember seeing some footage, so I don't know if it's a thing that he did a lot, but um, I know he did at least once. So I don't know if, if these ladies were, you know, trying to shoot their shot from, <laughs> from, from Section uh, 305, <laughs> but they were out there just in case, just tech, like, look, looking in in you know just their their best outfit and i guess you know just kind of like the same way that all of us are reminiscing about uh, rem- reminiscing about uh these shows i'm sure they must be looking back right now and thinking you know what even though he was never going to pull me up on stage at least i got to experience uh dressing up in 2020 unlike some people <laughs> never got to have like a <laughs> A nice out like that. And so, shout out to you ladies that uh, dressed up for, for Aventura. Section 305. <laughs> they, they showed up. They came through. They, yeah, they came through. You know, you never know. You never know. So, yeah, that was that was my 2020, I'm sure. Um, I, I can't really remember what was what was up on deck in, in March. I think blood orange was going to be the next show yeah i was working was on, on getting those <laughs> yeah I was, I was working on getting those passes yeah and i remember getting the email from from the publicist about talking about how that they're gonna give us an update and then when i got the the confirmation that uh everything was being postponed it was like oh this is uh this covet thing is uh pretty serious and <laughs> here just, we just are. a snitch 20 2021 um not knowing exactly what's going to happen this year i know gov ball just announced their dates i think in the last week or so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> De- De- debbie's already saying that it's not happening well no as in the last time i shot a goal to golf ball was in 2019 i was trying to see the strokes uh-huh. at governor's ball and basically, it had been raining on and off. And apparently, everybody who lives in New York kind of knows this already. I, I did not know mm-hmm. because I was a noob. But Governor's Ball almost gets rained out every single year. I don't even, I've never lived in New York, <laughs> although it's been a dream of mine. Um, even I know that because I've gone to Governor's yeah. Ball multiple times. I've only gone to Governor's yeah. Ball once prior to this. And it was like a beautiful, lovely festival. It was like, it's yes. on a little island, right? And it's, mm-hmm. and it's great. And this year, it was like, basically, I bought the Sunday ticket to go see them. Kind of a tangent, but bought the Sunday ticket to go see Mm. them. My brother and his friend have flew from Chicago. And another friend of mine was also in town from Chicago. And we're all going to try to see the Strokes, right? And so they ended up like postponing the whole festival until like 6 p.m. in the afternoon. Because they're like, oh, it's going to be rain, whatever, sunny all day, all day, all day. And then finally Ooh. around like four o'clock, they're like, okay, we're going to open the festival at six o'clock. We're like, okay. So we go, we get in. I saw Shaq Wes, I saw Lizzo and that nice. was super dope. We all got in. And then literally it had been, it had been clear the whole day before, the whole day before this happened. We go there two hours later after seeing two shows, essentially they kind of like, sound the alarm it's just like everybody needs to get off the island because the fucking storm is coming 
And I'm like, mm. okay, great. That's what they said. <laughs> the fucking storm is coming. The fucking storm is coming. Dude, I'm telling you, this was the scariest thing. We had just smoked a little blunt and we were like vibing and stuff. And then now we're basically asked to evacuate the Ooh. island. Yeah. We're basically asked to evacuate the island, like in the middle of a thunderstorm with my brother Ooh. and everything. And I was just like, holy Ooh. shit, they better live because my parents are going to kill me <laughs> if they don't make it out. <laughs> so that was my oh, most paranoia. recent experience with Governor's Ball, which is why I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to go anymore. <laughs> mm. Yeah. See, I mean, that, that happens. Was my first ex- yeah, yeah, that happens at Gut Ball. It happens mm-hmm. at, at Lala. Uh, I it still does. Remember. It does. Uh, Muse, I think, was like one or two songs in, and we had to evacuate in, into mm-hmm. that uh, headlining set. Um, so I I remember over at GovBall, too, in 2016, um, this was supposed to be the absolute best festival lineup ever, yep. at least in my, mm-hmm. for, for, for my musical taste. Um, it was, if I remember correctly... Um, Damn. I know well, I know the strokes were playing. And that's why I went. Um the the strokes were playing on Saturday and Kanye was supposed to perform on Sunday. I'm blanking on Wait, Hope what was, year was this? Cuz I, I went to that year too. Was it 2016? I believe so, yeah. Well, cuz there was a year where uh I think could have been 2014 where um that oh, if, no. if I had to pick out the best uh lineup ever that I've actually mm-hmm. uh, attended. I believe it was 2014. I have the shirt somewhere here. Um, <laughs> it, it was a, the reunited outcast. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I, I remember that year also like headlining was a uh, Phoenix. And then on, yeah. So I think it was Phoenix Friday, Saturday was the strokes sub headlining to Jack white and Sunday was outcast. That's the best okay. music festival that I've seen. And we we can talk mm-hmm. about this a lot more in future episodes. But 2016, I'm, again, I'm blanking on who, if somebody can like type that up, um, the Governor's Ball 2016. All I remember is that 2016's uh, Saturday was um, The Strokes. So obviously I was in town for that. And then Sunday was supposed to be Kanye. And we also got the the message on the app that there's supposed to be a storm, so we're not going to open up just yet. They're like, okay, fine. Um, and then you, we again, also we go about our day, and it's like, yo, this is perfect weather. I don't even know what they're talking about. It's it, there's not a single thing that's wrong, and we're all like, buddy of mine that flew in from Chicago. We were upset. But we're like, you know what? I guess now we, we get to go. There was some like local ice cream shop that was doing um, like a whole Kanye takeover. Oh. So um, it was huge, huge line um, to, to get some like Kanye inspired flavors. So we went, we went and did that. And we're like, okay, well, this is kind of whack that the festival was like, it's perfect weather. It's super nice. It's sunny. And, and this this ice cream is hitting perfectly. <laughs> and the second the second that we're done with with the ice cream, and we're thinking about like, hey, let's just get closer to the island so that we can just walk in the second that they announce that they're opening. The craziest craziest storm hit. Whew. I I remember that like 
my entire, like all my clothes, my entire outfit was just soaking wet. And I was like standing in I, I, underneath something. The rain was was uh, also like being pulled sideways. Cool. So even though I was underneath something that was supposed to cover me, the rain still came and got me. We were some somewhere over in uh, the Bowery. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I still remember. I don't know. I went on a tangent, but yeah, basically, Governor's Ball is also known for having to evacuate because because of storms. And I think it also happened one year um, when the Killers were were headlining, and I left I left earlier in that set, and yeah, there was a crazy storm that also hit. I mean, it's just like the sketchiest thing because you're on this island and there is only two bridges or something that can get mm-hmm. you can walk off the bridge or otherwise. I think some people pay extra to take a ferry, but who is taking a ferry in the middle of a thunderstorm? Mm-hmm. And there was there was like zero there was zero like coordination of like where are people supposed to go? So it's literally just a shit ton of like drunken high people on this like bridge in the middle of a thunderstorm trying to get off this mm-hmm. island. Yeah, and you it have was to like zigzag. a mass exodus, just like it's out. It's a it shit was show. so bad. It's <laughs> such a safety hazard. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not like downtown Chicago for Lala, where you know, like it does get like I've been I, I've had to evacuate multiple times. I've I've been going to to Lala since twenty eleven. I want to say every year, um, and yeah, like when we've had to evacuate. Um, you you can go into like the rest of downtown and and find your way, um, into like a building, into the subway, whatever. But over here, like you're on an island, and just just to get on the bridge with no foot traffic or nothing like, um, that's too too wild. It'll still be a good twenty minutes just to walk the ramps to get onto the step the steps that take you on the bridge. So I just saw um, the twenty sixteen lineup. Uh, the headliners were Kanye, The Strokes, The Killers, Beck, and Robin. So it was that same year. I guess there was some rain for for The Killers. Damn. Good old Governor's Ball. Ah, I love me some Governor's Ball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, and, and for 2019, I was very close to to getting a ticket for that one as well. But then when Lala uh, revealed that they were going to have the strokes here, I was like, all right, for as much as I love New York, uh, I'll save myself a trip and I'll get to see him over here for, finally. So the reason why I actually started going to Lala every year and buying the ticket before the lineup came up was because I believe that the 2010 edition had um, the strokes. You're just waiting. And it was just one of those like, dang it. Like if, if only I would have bought a ticket for that, I would have seen them. Cause then from like from 2010 to 2019, or like they hadn't played again since 2010. So I had to wait till 2019 for them to finally perform in Chicago. So yeah, it was one of those like, uh, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I don't, I don't care who's coming. <laughs> Um, if they, if they somehow make a surprise appearance or like they finally come back with an album, I'd rather have that ticket. Yeah, just know. never know. Uh, 
but yeah, that's that's the story of uh, 2016 uh, Governor's Ball. One of the absolutely still one of the best um, music festivals, one of the most impactful ones for me. Um, I think I, you know, obviously this is this is not a video uh, podcast, um, not for a while, mm-hmm. but I definitely do have that shirt in uh, my drawer, just so this was only be for you guys. Somewhere in here. Mm. In the drawer of concert tees. Ooh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, that was so fast. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, one of my favorite festivals and great memories. So definitely had to commemorate it with a, with a T-shirt. I have a golf ball water bottle that I use consistently at work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we've already been talking for an hour and a half. That we have. Oddly. Oddly. So we thought we weren't going to have anything to talk about. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we could wrap up right now. Let's, let's do a quick, um, let's just discuss what, if there's anything that has already been announced or maybe not um, that you're looking forward to in 2021. Any artists, albums that you're expecting to hear? I want an album from Duck Sauce. Like, okay. those guys need to cut the shit. You got five singles. Give me the album. <laughs> like, the like album. Armand, A-Track, like, come on. Stop. Stop playing. You did, the, you you did They did this. They did that I know with A-Track's Quack. listening. I know yeah. A-Track's listening right now. So, dude. <laughs> they on, did that man. shit with Quack. Five singles, and then, like, months, months later, the album Quack. Stop playing games. That's all I'm going to say on that. Okay. Cool. You, no, I don't really have anyone specific that I'm like that's on my radar, like my close radar. You know, like nothing, nothing on the date yet. If that makes any sense. Like I feel like this year I'm just gonna like take music as it comes. All sorts of music. pray that something good comes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please just just give it to me. <laughs> Yeah, so nothing, nothing too firm, I guess, on on my end. Same. Okay. Um, for me, that, that this was the most difficult thing, um, because yeah, not a lot has been announced. Um, and uh, Vic and I were were talking about this separately. Um, I think I, I'm I'm not super convinced by what I'm listening to. Uh, f- from them right now, but uh, slow tie. Mm-hmm. Really, really looking. Yeah, really looking forward to see where that's going. Um, I, I like Julian Baker. A lot of good stuff from from her. Um, and uh, I think uh, Foo Fighters would be another another um good album that that I think will deliver some solid. You know, nineties rock uh mid 90s uh early aughts uh, alternative it, it you can always expect some solid tunes mm-hmm. and and the stuff that they've released so far has been solid again um so you know what to expect when it comes to foo fighters and so i think that's going to be some good stuff um and from something that hasn't fully been announced just yet uh or at least nothing super solid 
uh, I would say Billie Eilish. Uh, I've been really liking the singles that she's released so far. Yeah. Um, the uh, Therefore I Am, I think that's, that's the name of the song, right? Or is that just part of the hook? Mm, let's find out. Yeah. And we'll definitely cut this part out. Mm-hmm. So don't sound all ignorant. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, therefore I am, um, that, that's, you know, that's, that's a really good poppy song. Um, I was blown away by my future, that single, um, she released it with, uh, that animated video. Mm -hmm. It gave me like old school, um, like the kind of like fifties girl groups, vibes um that uh amy winehouse was was um remaking in her own way um decade or so ago it, it gave me that yeah amy winehouse early adele corinne corinne bailey ray those types of uh of vibes from her and really excited to see where she goes from there um she also uh, named uh, the new abnormal as one of her favorite albums of 2020. So oh. I'm not saying that that <laughs> is making me like her that much more, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, this, this is an artist that, like, from the second that I finally listened to her, I was uh, uh, she became an, an instant hit with me. Um, she also has like that that single for. Um, uh, the next Bond movie, No Time to Die, uh, good song as well. Uh, they pushed the the uh, the the movie back um, for it to be able to be watched in theaters, and it's just one of those things where this this, this girl is just doing all the right moves right now, mm-hmm. and she continues to come out with music that doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. She doesn't have to break the mold every single time. But, you know, whatever it is that she is doing, um, it does come with, with its innovations and, and with its own little twists. And yeah, she just, uh, she, she's definitely one of those artists where I think she's got a, a, a long road ahead of her. And everything that I'm listening to so far is, is sounding really, really good. And yeah, even though it's not official, Really, really excited to see what what comes from her in 2021. Um, and also, I guess this kind of counts as a little shout out to my uh, my goddaughter Abigail. Uh, she calls. I, I gave her a, a Billie Eilish T-shirt um, for for Christmas, and we got to do a little photo shoot. Super cute. Did a little Billie mm-hmm. Eilish pose and everything. And um, when she saw it, she, she she's two years old. <laughs> um so she was just requesting um bad guy nice from then on uh so it was one of those where like yeah th- th- this is this is the range from this girl like well two-year-old and 33-year-old are are super into the music that she's <laughs> making and so yeah that's a hit with me shout out to abigail <laughs> and my other nieces of course but at the <laughs> make sure I, I i gave her a little shout out for um uh for for having uh some of the the musical inclinations of of her godfather so 
see, and if that's the first CD that she ever bought, Ooh. oh man, <laughs> she'd be the coolest kid in her. And she'd her be room. like the coolest she, kid. <laughs> she's gonna grow up to, to say, uh, "Now, why did I waste my money on this outdated right? technology? <laughs> why didn't you just give me a, a streaming subscription to <laughs> Spotify and or Apple Music?" <laughs> I love it. Oh man. But yeah, well, that's that's um that's our show. That is the first episode of the Yo Check This Podcast. Thank you for listening and tuning in. 